Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins, and uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. We are precariously close to episode number 20, and that means 20 hours worth of awesome content that this show, aka me, has cranked out. And I'm going to go ahead and give myself a pat on the back. I'm happy that this is continuing, and I'm really enjoying the journey that we all are on and finding out about these awesome people that are doing awesome things for uh, independent culture. So yeah, there you go. Uh, this is episode number 19, and uh, let's dive into some business, and then I'll get into the guest. Uh, we are part of the Punk News Podcast Network, and you can go to punknews.org, and you can find news, reviews... Rumors, not so much on rumors, but anything that happens within this music world that is considered punk, metal, hardcore, indie rock, emo, whatever subgenre you'd like to classify, you will find it on Punk News. And they also have a bunch of other podcasts, so uh, check that out. Do us two favors. One, review us on iTunes. Even if you can't sit down for two to three minutes and like write down an actual review just click on those beautiful little stars that they have if you've ever looked at the iTunes store um, so yeah give us a rating because then it gives us cool something in the iTunes store and I know the more rankings that we get the higher profile we get and eventually my goal one day is to be featured somewhere on some sort of iTunes page and be like, yo, this is a podcast you should check out. Uh, and we can do that with the help of you. And second thing I'd like you to do, visit our website, 100wordspodcast.com, because a lot of you have written me and said, hey, I really want some recommendations for new music or movies or books or whatever, just cool shit. So go there. I'll be doing it on an almost daily basis. I've been slacking this past week, but that's just because I've been coming back from vacation. Um, but I'll, I'll get back on it for everybody. And then eventually my hope is to get other people to start to contribute, either previous guests or other podcasters or whatever. Um, but yeah, you can start to see that build from there. And if you're a Tumblr person, you can follow it on Tumblr and then it just pipes right into it. Um, anyways... Episode number 19. Our guest is Adam Vass from Law Dispute. Uh, but before I get into him, I wanted to uh, talk about an experience I had this past weekend. I'm not a huge wrestling fan, at least as much as I used to be from about, I don't know, about 9 years old till about, I don't say 13 or 14. That was when I was deep in the WWF universe. Notice I said WWF and not WWE because um, that's what it was called back then. But I had the experience and privilege and honor to go to SummerSlam over the weekend at Staples Center in Los Angeles. And um, I'm always impressed at these events because, I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable how much goes into it. Um, just from, obviously, like a logistics standpoint, but the production value and there's just so much that goes on. And the idea that this actual event, SummerSlam, has been around for 25 years. It's its 25th year anniversary. And uh, I, I went with a few friends, and I was made a joking comment that this event is almost as old as me, which is insane. And, I mean, obviously there are many other sporting events that are, you know, 10 times my age. But 
it's just crazy that something like wrestling has been able to live on through so many different iterations and change its face. Because I know like late 80s, early 90s is when it started to get a little um, violent, risque, whatever you'd like to call it. And then uh, this company has been able to rebrand themselves. And now pretty much all you see at these events are you see like couples or you see families or you see groups of dudes. Um, but primarily speaking, you see a lot of families there. So it's like, you know, they're husband and wife with their two sons or daughters. And it's just, uh, it, it honestly is family entertainment because you know that you're not going to see anything questionable as far as too violent uh, or scary um, or something that's too provocative from the sort of sexy factor. Um, but yeah, I'm just uh, thoroughly impressed with how that organization has been able to kind of go through everything. And it it also strikes me like the sense of community that people feel around something like this as well. Like, cause you know, in punk and hardcore, we feel like we have this really, really cool community built around this music scene. Um, and then it doesn't exist anywhere else. And while comparing the WWE to a hardcore show is obviously apples and oranges, um, there are still some parallels to be drawn and people are so obviously die hard about these wrestlers and the stories that are built around them and um, this universe as it is. And so, you know, it is in and of itself, even though it is a very mainstream piece of culture, it still is, you know, kind of counterculture in a way because people look at wrestling and are just like, oh, well, that's, you know, it's fake and stupid and whatever. But I challenge anybody that has any sort of misgivings about wrestling to go to an actual live event and not walk away being like, hey, that was pretty entertaining. Because even if you have no interest in what interest in it whatsoever, you can watch it and be like, that was that was fun. That was enjoyable. They do a good job of uh, essentially just making a show out of it. So, moral of the story is go out and watch some sort of event if you ever get a chance to from a live perspective. Even if you have terrible seats, it's still pretty funny um, and cool to kind of watch the people around you just be so absolutely into it. Um, and then you kind of get wrapped up in it as well. In any event, Adam Vass is the bass player for La Dispute. And uh, I haven't known Adam for a very long time. This is actually the our conversation is the first time we've ever really hung out. I introduced myself to him, I, I don't know, I want to say a tour or two ago when they came through Southern California, because uh, him and I were, I just had a ton of mutual friends, and I was like, I feel like I need to know you. It's just one of those guys where you're like, oh yeah, they keep popping up all over the place with you know your own friends or professionally speaking, whatever. Um, so he seemed like a legit dude. And uh, after this conversation, I was just pleasantly surprised because even though he's, um, you know, not, I wouldn't say much younger than me, but younger than me. And I kind of have a tendency to think that um, people that are, you know, maybe late teens, early 20s, uh, don't have their head on their shoulders, so to speak, yet. Because uh, I know myself, like, I, I definitely didn't, even though I thought I did. Um, but Adam definitely has a very, or should I say Vass, that's actually how he likes to be uh, labeled, so to speak. So Vass definitely has a head on his shoulders and really has a very specific voice, not only in what he does artistically with uh, a lot of dispute, but on his own endeavors as well. Um, so yeah, I was really excited to sit down with him and uh, 
I met him up in L.A. when he was uh, staying here for a few days at our good friend Nick Steinhardt's apartment. Shout out to Nick for letting us record during the workday while he was busy making layouts for people. Um, but in any event, this is what happened, and uh, you'll join the conversation somewhere. I can't remember what we were talking about, but yeah, you'll you'll pick it up. So enjoy. started coming to Traverse City, which is like an hour and a half, two hours north of Grand Rapids, which okay. is where I was living. Sure. And I would always be like, they would get announced, like, that's so sick, like Half Heart and Verse and all. Right. And all these never, bands I want to see. They were always gone. Sure. My friends would always go and be like, it was so rad. And then- You're like, thanks never, for rubbing it. I never saw them. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Well, at least you have the uh, the Bridge Nine DVD to maybe watch. I have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pre-ordered that when it got announced. So I'm like, yeah, I got to make up for all the times I missed them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, usually I like to think, I like to start things off with like my own first experience with like either you or the band or anything like that. And I just remember hearing, because I can't remember exactly, I think it was Joey that first showed me Lotus View. And uh, he was, I, th- I can't remember, I think he saw you guys uh, one of the first times you came through here. Yeah, like, the first time we played in California, we played like four shows down here. Right. One of the shows, I, when I met Joey, was at The Spread. Okay. And, and this show now is really funny, but uh, it was us and uh-huh. Deadhead and Rotting Out. Oh, okay. At The Spread. Okay. And then to think of it now is really funny, but back then, I mean, we just put out our first record. And so you're like, yeah, and, we'll play with anybody, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I remember him showing me they're showing you guys to me um and it, i mean, initially didn't get it i was just basically like i was like oh i mean this was the first record on no sleep it wasn't vancouver um, I, I don't even think about that one yeah, yeah i call that the demo which is not true <laughs> that but that i mean that that, that i think it's a it fair way the, it served the purpose of a demo sure and the, it got you guys out on tour and and me and chad weren't even in the band so i like kind of forget about it sometimes because <laughs> like, i just wasn't there right right <laughs> you're like yeah i wasn't on that so kind of, kind of just doesn't <laughs> exist you know um, but yeah, I remember, I remember listening to it and was like, uh, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I see it was cool to hear something different. Um, but it, it just didn't, I listened to it and I was like, okay, it just didn't resonate with me. Right. Um, but then, uh, it was shortly after, um, or actually it was maybe three or four months prior to wildlife coming out. And by that time I had seen you guys once or twice. So it started to kind of like crystallize more in my mind where I was like, okay, I see where they're coming from. I see the context. Mm-hmm. I see like, you know, cause it just puts the pieces together. Right? Yeah. just like. Who the fuck are these random dudes? <laughs> like, they kind of sound like a heavier version of me without you, and like, just you know, whatever. <laughs> and so then, once I heard Wildlife, I was like, it kind of all came together. And then once the, once I started to see how much you guys resonated with people in general, where it's like kids didn't just, <coughs> excuse me, kids just didn't connect to you as like a random band. Kids weren't, kids were really, really passionate about what you did. Yeah. And that's what it kind of all was like. Ah, like, and that, it just, it, it kind of opened up the floodgates for me to be like, I really enjoy this band. And like wildlife, like I said, musically, it definitely kind of like hammered it home for me. Um, and so it kind of, you know, kind of going off that, what is it that, I mean, obviously it's, I'm sure it's difficult for you to kind of put your finger on it, but it's like, because I, I think you guys are not a gray area band where it's like people either love you or they fucking hate you. Absolutely. 
and I always liked that about bands because I think that those are the bands that it doesn't matter how popular you are, that you'll still resonate with people, you know, 10 years down the line. Um, and so like kind of, are you glad to be in that position? <laughs> um, I think so. I like that, um, you know, like you said, the people that like it are really invested in it. Right. And that's really gratifying playing live or just like getting feedback that when the record comes out or whatever. Right. You get a more, um, more like deep response from it. Sure. It's not like, hey, your record was cool. Right. It's like, your record <laughs> yeah. did this to me. Like, sure. it affects people, and that's powerful. And then, I don't, I mean, I used to get, be that guy, I'm sure that everyone was at some point in time, mm-hmm. your band puts out a record, and you see people on the internet say whatever about it. Yeah. And, oh, that guy, that guy sucks. He's such a dick. He said this, by the way, and, yeah. and uh, now I just don't care, because I realize that I think that of other bands. Right. Like, it's a, there's no, like, objective taste like everybody mm-hmm. has what they like and they don't like so i can't really fault someone right you can't be like that guy's a dick because he doesn't like my band and you're like you like look at his profile and be like what other bands does he like yeah. why doesn't he like my band <laughs> and like, i need to do some investigation and generally there are people that don't li- like listen to music that we wouldn't say is comparable to us right 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 so it's too it's, far outside of what you guys would view as like influences or whatever the case yeah. may be yeah yeah, but no, I, I like that, and ultimately, it's like why I really enjoy what you guys do is because you, there's so many bands that don't elicit a reaction, you know, where it's just like, and and there's nothing wrong with that, because it's like, there are bands that, you know, are really meaningful to each individual person for different reasons, right. but it's like, I get soaked anytime I see the amount of hate that comes out for a band, <laughs> like, just because it does mean it's like, all right, you're hitting a nerve, like, you are meaning something, be, you're meaning something to people beyond just hey, we're releasing some records and we are this band, you know? And there are definitely bands like that that I like. Yeah. I just think it's fun Mm -hmm. or whatever. And it doesn't need to elicit a response from me beyond just, like, nodding my head while I do something else. Of course, of course. But I definitely think it feels better to have a result that makes someone think something. Yeah. feel something, whatever. Right, Whatever reaction they have from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's far more gratifying from the creator's perspective. Totally. But I wouldn't mind, you know, a couple power chords here and there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, we could, we could make it simpler, more accessible. <laughs> um, so like where, uh, where were you born and raised? I mean, most of, most of the band obviously says that Grand Rapids, right? That's right. kind of the inception point of the band. Yeah. So were you born and raised there? No. Um, I was born and raised in Valparaiso, Indiana, which is like, Oh, yeah. Northwest is about an hour east of Chicago. Sure. And I lived there until I was uh, 19 or 18. Oh, okay. And when I was a like, teenager, I was in other bands, shitty bands that I don't tell people about. I, I tell people, I was in one awesome band before Lot of Speed. Okay. And it's I, 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 will ha- I, will have to ref- I will have to ask you what the name of your very first band is. Just not even so much that people can look it up oh, online. No, but- off the record, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and Jamie from Code Orange Kids did the same thing. He was like, yo, I'm not going to tell you because I'm not going to tell you my band name. But I just, it's a, it's a funny common theme. Where well, it's I like, know it exists on the internet in some way because I'm only 24 and I know when the internet, like, yeah, got yeah. popular. There's probably, like, pure volume page or something. Right, right. It probably still exists. So, okay, we, 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 we can talk about that. Like, my record. good band okay. was called Lion of the North. Okay. And it was just, like, punk-ish, screamo-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, 
all of our songs were like less than two minutes and we oh, okay. did we did a tour the only they they continued to be a band for a short while after i dropped out but mm -hmm. uh the tour that i did we had a 12 minute set and it was every song we had <laughs> and, and we just played as fast as we could and sure sure i loved it that's awesome but, um, that's fun so being in in bands like that in indiana which is not it's um it's really interesting because we had maybe 20 of us that in different pairings would be different bands and mm -hmm. it was very incestuous in right. that way small community I'm exactly sure. small town and the you know the group of counterculture people in a small town is even smaller right a, so we all got along really well made all these bands did whatever just goofed off but right. when other bands would come around they'd have to come to one of us and we all knew each other so we'd we, one of us would always play, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> and all of our friends would go, and that, you know, it was no one really cared. It was just a fun thing to do. Sure, sure. And uh, so that was how I ended up being Law Dispute. Got it. Was a functional band at that time because they had other members. Got it. And did, did, so they, did you just know them from coming through your city? Or like... We played in Michigan. Got them, it. And then started like swapping shows. And right, stuff. right. Communicating with them. And and then it's only. Um, 140 miles from Valpo to mm -hmm. Grand Rapids. So I would like, and I was in college at the time, but I would leave class on Thursday afternoon and drive up and just hang out for Friday, Saturday, and come back on Sunday. Sure, it's not that far. Yeah, yeah. For the for a Midwest kid, that's close. Yeah, it's like it's like two hours or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so we would just hang out on the weekends. Ended up getting close, and my band started to dissolve at the same time that. Uh, they kind of knew that there was like some conflict in their band mm -hmm. that was going to result in some a, members a member change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Brad and I were kind of like scheming. Okay. Like I'm like, I don't know. Our band's gonna break up. I don't really have anything else right. to do here. I was I went to college, but Throw, throwing some hints there. <laughs> just because that's what you do after high school. Of course, right, right. I had no goals or anything. And he's like, Why don't you just come up here for a while? And mm. when this guy quits the band, like. We'll have you there, and I'll just you know, yeah. You'll just like, swoop in. Yo, I know this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And everybody knew already me, knew you, yeah, but yeah. Um, not in that. Like, sure, we just hung out. Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Me and Chad sat next to each other in sociology class, and he didn't know that I was joining the band <laughs> for a whole semester. We sat next to each other. We did like we would team up on projects and stuff. Sure, and sure. I knew, and he didn't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> incredible. You're like. I know a secret about your band. I'm probably going to be joining, <laughs> be be joining it pretty soon. <laughs> That's incredible. So, but most most of your formative years were in were in Valpo and right. large colleges there, right? Um, we have Valparaiso University. Right, right, right. I, I just in, I'm a fan of college basketball, so okay. anytime I hear. Yeah, it. when I was in fourth grade, Bryce Drew hit the buzzer yes. beater, and they went to the Sweet Sixteen. Exactly, uh, and that was like our claim to fame. Sure, sure. And home of Orville Redenbacher. Oh, okay. <laughs> Home of the popcorn. Or the popcorn every, every year. Okay. Um, so do do you have uh, do you have fond memories looking back? I mean, I, I guess. Well, I'll, I'll back up even further. So when was um, like your family structure? Like you know, parents like what they do for a living, and kind of how were you were you raised? Like you know, did you go through divorce or anything like that? No, my parents are still together. Nice. Um, my mom's a first grade teacher. Okay. And she's on her. Her last year now, she's retiring soon. Oh, nice! And my dad, when I was young, he like sold carpet, okay. which I barely remember. Sure, sure. And then, um, 
his dad was a landlord of some apartment buildings downtown. Oh, okay. And then with with my dad's brother, mm-hmm. then my dad and his brother took over their Yeah, the business. property management and stuff like yeah. that. Nice. And for, he still does that, mostly. Okay. So it's very, like, small town, normal people, Midwest, yeah. like, everything. I have a younger sister who's only two years younger than me, so. Okay. She was, like. Not a cheerleader, but one of like one of the other things that they would perform at the football games and stuff. Oh, okay. It was a little bit more well respected than cheerleading. Right, right, right. And uh, there, took a, uh, I guess, a little more artistic effort than yeah. just performing these, you know, very simple routines. Just wearing a skirt, right, right. Popular. <laughs> so I was just like very normal. Sure. But I wasn't cool. She was cool. Got it. <laughs> so. I was like small town nerd, the public school and right, right. All that. So in high school, like, what were you? Uh, when did independent music kind of come into your view? And kind of like, what was your high school experience? Were you kind of like the, the sort of fantasy nerd, the art guy? Like, what sort of um, role did you feel you felt or you filled? I was definitely an art guy. Yeah, 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 I was like, I think I still am. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you you kind of fill that role still. Uh, just like. Two two art classes every semester for all of high school, mm. like so a lot, and then going into the advanced art program, which was basically you just make art and no one teaches you anymore. Right? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, hey, just paint a picture. It's due in two weeks. So I'm like, oh, all right. You're but like, I can do that. You get to do a gallery thing at the end. Oh wow! So, and uh, but it was just like all high school kids and just your friends came. That's and cool. It was cool. Yeah, it sounds like a fun experience. And uh, but I was definitely like outsider drawer guy <laughs> sure sure you're the guy sitting under the tree kind of uh doodling your your own sit, stuff where it's sit like, at the end of someone else's lunch table during uh, lunch yeah. and just like draw then uh like getting a piece of pizza thrown at him or something like sure. quiet resentment that no one ever saw <laughs> that's incredible but that when did uh when did art come into your life because obviously art is still a huge part of like who you are and what a lot sure. of people identify you with um i've I've drawn forever. Like, I mean, it wasn't formal by any means. You right, know, when you're a kid, course. you have crayons, and mm-hmm. your parents take you to church, but you're not, you don't care about whatever's going on over there. Yeah, you yeah. just have a box of crayons, and you're drawing monsters in the back pew or whatever, which yeah, is, yeah. in hindsight, like, probably one subject that's looked down upon by mm-hmm. the church. Sure. You draw like, weird monsters, like, <laughs> eating people and stuff. <laughs> you're like, that's what I'm into. I'm sorry. Well, they're cool, man. <laughs> yeah, they are awesome. And so, just from that, it just, like, never stopped. Got and it. it just got better as I got older because sure. I understood more about there's more than crayons or whatever. <laughs> right, right. You, you understood the technique once it came into your, your, yeah. your vision. In like 6th and 7th grade, there was this public access drawing show, and I would come home from school and start at 3 o'clock, so I'd always have to like kind of hurry. Yeah, yeah. And just draw goofy cartoons with the guy on TV. That's incredible. Because yeah. that, that, it's, it's funny. People, like, I mean, those programs still exist. Like, there's yeah. definitely, like... It, in Southern California, and like I mean, I live in Orange County, like an hour south here of LA. Um, there's totally still one of those shows on, and it's funny because you look at that, and there's no way that I would ever imagine like a kid like yourself like yeah. rushing home to get to like be it's able to. It's so drive. cheesy. Yeah, but, but that's cool. Yeah, I was in sixth grade. That's awesome. And and this is when going back to the original question, I started to like listen to music. Uh huh. And you know, besides what my parents listened to. Sure. Uh, but it, granted, it was still like radio stuff. Of course. Uh, I remember the, this wild show that I, I tell people about now, and everyone's like, that doesn't make any sense. It was like a radio Christmas show okay. in Chicago. Okay. And it was 
uh, dashboard confessional, mm. AFI, um, 311, Corn and Jane's Addiction. Oh, it's incredible. In, that's in a, that sequence. Total radio show. That's, yeah. I love that. I love that they do that where it's just like, yeah, let's none put of, these random None of bands. these bands make sense. None. No. And, and I was the kid with an emo sucks bat, patch on my backpack with the glasses that I then wore for four years, like broken on the patch. Incredible. And so Dashboard's playing. I'm like, this sucks. But, <laughs> but then I got into AFI from that. From that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like going from listening to the radio then Oh, this weird, like, it yeah. was right when Singing Sorrow came out. It's like, okay. kind of gothy, mm-hmm. but still pretty punk band. And I was sure. like, damn. Yeah, you're like, this is this is what I identify with. Yeah. That's cool. And it was really cool. And then, you know, 311 played, and I'm like, why does it smell like a skunk in here? <laughs> you're like, this is such a weird experience. I think that was my first introduction to any kind of drug. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. 311 introduced me to weed. It had to be. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, there, that, is, that is a very appropriate thing to be exposed yeah. to. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. That's cool. Well, that, that, that's cool that AFI was kind of like, you would kind of view that as sort of like the gateway into you investigating other stuff. Yeah, because Seeing the Sorrow was a, a pretty big record commercially. Yep. But then from getting that, you get like Days of the Phoenix, you go further back. Yep. And then you're like just into pure punk. Yep. And things that I never knew existed before. Sure. But it was awesome. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then from there I got into like similarly uh, dark but not dark, mm-hmm. uh, like Alkaline Trio and stuff. Sure, sure. My, my best friend in eighth grade was like a huge Alkaline Trio fan. Got it. And I kind of didn't really understand anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is cool. Why, why are there like people... Why is everyone wearing black and makeup and stuff sure. when the songs sound like this? Yeah, yeah. But even now, I'm still there. And you're, I, you're like trying to put it in context and like. And yeah. I like to sing about drinking and stuff, and I'm like, drinking is lame. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know. Right. 12. <laughs> of course, drinking is lame. Because <laughs> that's what they tell you in school. Right, of course. They're <laughs> so like, yeah, why, why would you sing about drinking? That's a terrible <laughs> idea. That's, that's awful. Uh, um, so then, as you were. Um, yeah, like so. Basically, during high school, you—that's when you kind of started to figure out you wanted to play an instrument, or kind of how did that? Um, that I was like, I was like twelve or thirteen again, mm-hmm. and I started to go to like local shows. Got it. Same same friend. Her name was Jen, mm-hmm. who got me into Alkaline Trio. She was she was into ska. Oh, nice. Of course, as, as you will be at twelve years old. Of course, as everyone will be Comple- at twelve forever. Com- yes, <laughs> com- completely allowed. And. Yes. For whatever, there was like a, a band at our high school that was a ska band. Mm-hmm. So I can't rem- They were called the Dirty Skanks. Oh, of course. And they our, need to have a ska name. made them change their name. But I can't remember what they changed it to. <laughs> That's incredible. And um, I would end up seeing them in like this loft above a restaurant downtown. Uh-huh. And then, but they were the only ska band. So they would end up playing with everybody. The, the, yeah. hair, the hair scene bands and whatever that genre it was then like bands that all sounded like from one of the ashes but oh, was sure. still so down yeah of course of course and uh this kid aaron who sat next to me in math i would i would let him cheat off my math homework and mm-hmm. then he would get me into all these shows oh and nice that was like that, that was my that was my true in, into like the music that wasn't commercial right like, it happened in my town mm-hmm. I, it's been here all these years and i just didn't know because i was a little kid sure and and now this guy who like Oh sure, I'll, I'm smart at math. Here's my answers. If you can like, 
Yeah. Teach hook, me hook, what this is. Right. Hook, hook me up with getting into a show or whatever. Yeah. That's and cool. He, he taught me what straight edge was, and then two years later he wasn't, but I still, still thought it was really cool. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I mean, you're 14. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> like, like straight, edge, straight edge describes me. <laughs> yeah, I don't do any of those things because I'm a 14-year-old. <laughs> right, right. So. I don't have access to this. <laughs> That's cool. So that that was that was your basic introduction. To that and then what what made you? I just thought it was really cool. Yeah. Like and uh, in a way that's not like basketball players at school are mm. cool. And it's a, it's different, but you it's like a creative mm. thing, and you know all these things combined right. to be something that was cool by being not cool, and it was some weird cycle of right. logic there. I'm like, yeah, sure, I can do that. Right, I, I, can, think, I can get into this. I think I understand that. Mm. But most of my friends that played did only were like in school band. They want, you know, right. ska band in the making. <laughs> sure, sure. But I wanted to play bass because from them being like, hey, listen to Mad Caddies, listen to Lesson Jake, like all these ska right. bands. Like, the bass is really like the cool part of ska band. And, I'm not, and I can't play horns. Right. So I can play guitar, who they just play the same chord in upstrokes, or I can play the bass and be that freaky guy who's like, no one really, he's not the shining star of the band, but he's definitely what makes ska interesting. Sure. It can make or break it. Okay, I'll do that. Interesting. That's what I, because I've never, yeah, usually people are just like, oh, I, I know how to play guitar. Or it's like, yeah. they're introduced to an instrument, and they're like, oh, I'm going to choose bass because that's the easiest. I was purely a bass player from the beginning. Not not a guitar player that was then a bass player. Sure, sure. And that's rare even now. Yeah, you're you're a pure bass player. (laughs) Now I try and play guitar, I don't get it. I'm the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, you're like "Uh, too many strings. Yeah, too too little. Let's eliminate two of these things. Now we're talking. Um, And the thing that I find uh, interesting, especially about your art, um, you know, being being younger, being you know less younger than 25 years old. you have a very defined voice for kind of who you are and what you do, uh, artistically speaking, you know? Um, and I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty interesting because usually it takes, like, I reflect upon myself where it's like, you know, I was, I, I did feel comfortable with what I was doing when I was that age. I mean, I'm, I'm 31 now and the, I'm definitely more comfortable than I was when I was 24, yeah. 25, but you know, kind of just seeing, uh, like you're confident and that's like, and that's, I don't know whether or not you, don't maybe you do feel confident just in that aspect of your life or like I don't know like what Gen- generally I'm confident I'd say yeah um but I think that was just kind of a mental thing because um for even in high school like later in high school 18 and 19 I was still making stuff right but in a weird way that I just made it because it looked cool and there was it was kind of empty mm-hmm. and I, I wouldn't say that everything I do now has some intrinsic value or deep meaning but right. it's more uh on my mind mm-hmm. while I'm it's like it's like a time cap yeah sure um but you know back then it, I was just I didn't know why I was making it mm-hmm. anything music or drawings or whatever and then in the last however many years kind of just figured out well I don't think you ever really figured out. No, but yeah, yeah. It's, have, it's constantly <laughs> evolving, but yeah. I have at least an ex- uh, idea or excuse. Right. Just roll with it and just tell myself that I'm right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I am because I say so. Sure. And Well, yeah, you're the only one that dictates that mental right. state. Yeah, that's true. Because if, I mean, even two, three years ago, I would 
paint all the time, but I'd be like, nope, you want these? Like, I'm, these are going to sit in my drawer forever and right. whatever. I think almost telling myself that they have worth or that, like, things that I make are worth my time and stuff sure. makes them then worth my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, like a, a placebo. Right, right. But, like, a, like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is exactly, I know it's worth something because I think it's worth something. Yeah. Therefore, other people should think it's worth something. Yeah. That, and that, yeah, that's, that's definitely, yeah, I think that, like you were saying, that's, that's confident. Because there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Like, True. Clearly, I mean, I personally don't see any arrogance in your work. Thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. Um, because, yeah, there's, I mean, there's definitely a very fine line between those two. But it's like, yeah, that definitely, you can be confident without sounding like a dick, you know? Like, right. <laughs> you could be, I mean, once you've crossed over to arrogance, like, that's obviously when you're a dick. But, <laughs> um, the, obviously, things, uh, especially now with, like, Lotus Feet and obviously how well the band is doing in general. Um, what <clears throat> I always, I always like to ask people the moment where they kind of like a switch flipped in their head where it was like, it was either something that you guys did, whether it was a tour you got on or whether it was like a show or whatever. There's those like intangible moments where it's like, oh shit, like something's really like happening, whether or not it means like, oh my God, I'm making so much money now or whatever, yeah. you know, like. It doesn't have to be attached to that, even though that is an easy thing where it's like, oh, wow, I can come home from tour and not have a job instantaneously. Yeah. Um, what what was the moment for you that you kind of noticed where it's just like, oh, wow, like, wow, people are really paying attention to what we're doing or, you know, um, caring. We put out somewhere, which is, like I said, what I call our first record. Right. At the end of 2008. And mm-hmm. then we had toured a little bit before that, but basements and stuff. And then even after that, mm-hmm. we were doing basements. And it was like, in the Midwest, we would do fine because it's the Midwest. And you either have nothing to do and just want to go outside of your house. Right. Or uh, you were familiar because of the weird, like, network that was our area. Sure. And then once we start to get out further, you know, I remember when we met Chris mm-hmm. Hansen. Yeah. Uh, we played at what I think is a restaurant in California. And uh-huh. he was there with... Uh, I think it's friend Garrett. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. And um, this girl, Lauren, who was my old roommate's ex-girlfriend. Came okay. And we played for the three people. <laughs> like, and that was the audience. Yeah. And so we're like used to that. And then maybe a couple months, like two or three months after that tour, right? Um, we got an email from Jeff Rickley from Thursday, mm-hmm. who's like, Hey, I got your record, and I really like it. And we want to—we're doing this tour with our new record, and we want you guys to do it. We're like, what? Like, yeah, like what? Jaw dropped. Totally. We were, and we just—I remember recently having talked about it because, like, uh, at the time, for going, for whatever reason, we were all into this phase of listening to Circle Takes a Square all the time. Oh, sure. Which, um, I've liked since I've heard them, but mm-hmm. that was, for whatever reason, very, we were deep in it. Everybody we, was obsessed with it. Yeah, we listened yeah. to it As the roots the undo, 24-7. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, of course. And we were like, is it so weird that Circle Takes a Square did that tour with Thursday? And we're like, <laughs> that, that's cool. I, I love, Thursday was um, one of the pivotal bands of The transition point, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's weird, but awesome, because Thursday's on TV, right. and Circle Takes a Square is not right <laughs> and probably won't ever be but you know they're incredible in a different way of course and um so 
we were talking about that on tour just in the van like wouldn't it be funny if we got asked like was a joke? what would we do right <laughs> and we're like that'll never happen right and then it did happen that's crazy and all of us were like that is really right. strange how did it even get our record in the right first right and and we were all like pretty stunned by that that was definitely the moment where uh we were like something that we did worked <laughs> right right and I, that that's actually a better way of phrasing it, like because I, it's a it it is always difficult to vocalize like kind of you know that moment where you realize like oh wow something is happening but yeah like the moment where it's like something we did work yeah like, where it wasn't like it wasn't us just dicking around having fun with our friends which ultimately is what a band is yeah but then like it it affected someone else outside of our camp who like yeah like you said how did you even find a record I will. It used to be we were in college, and on the weekend, Friday and Saturday night, we would try to play somewhere within like you know three or four hours, right? And right. then go home and go back to school on Monday, right? Right. And then we got we did that. And we're like, oh, this is what bands actually like. Yeah. Bands that have some degree of notoriety or success or whatever. Right. This they don't go to college and play all. <laughs> yeah, they do this whole band thing. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't. I mean, it's cool. It, it it always is refreshing to hear that sort of. Um, mental focus on your guys's end where it was like you know it, it was a band it wasn't a business plan like, right you know, like, oh yeah like uh yeah a lot of student llc will be you know forged on this day <laughs> in 2008 you're just like this it just happened organically that did exist though because the bass player before me was studying law right he thought it would be cool and he like wanted to write it all up. right so he's like, he, yeah that was like a project when i joined yeah. the band i signed a, i like bought his share or really it was like 20 dollars that's impressive I'll buy, I'll buy a lunch sure and, and then i'm in the band and under the band yeah i mean and, and yeah not no slight to the band for having that because definitely that's a whole different ball game of yeah. focus but yeah like the idea where it's like you guys weren't sitting in you know a proverbial practice space and be like all right this is how we're going to look this right is, <laughs> that's what i mean by a business plan yeah um <clears throat> And the, what, what was the, uh, well, what were you studying in college? Like, what was your... Nothing, really. Yeah, you were just kind of... <laughs> I took a ton of gen eds. Sure. And um, I was, like, kind of a brainiac. Okay. The first semester, or, I went to school in Indiana. Mm -hmm. I went to an extension campus of Purdue. Okay. And I was there for one year mm -hmm. while I still lived in Indiana. And I studied, like, business or something really uh, something open Something super general, right, right. And, you know, I took calculus, I took physics, all this stuff I took in high school that... I'm good with numbers and bad with words, and I can, I just took them in college, and, and like, I was the kid that set the curve, and all these other kids, like, oh, my God, like, yeah. can we, like, take it, take it down a notch so we can all get a little bit better, and, no, uh, stop like, I took these classes already, it's not like I'm, a, right, I just remember, I'm like a genius, <laughs> you should, you should have paid attention to last semester, <laughs> that's so, funny, then I transferred to go, I went to Grand Valley State, which mm. is in Michigan, as kind of a guys, because like I said, me and Brad were already planning on me being in the band. Right. And uh, I went, so my parents were like, sure, you can go here. Go. Oh, nice. Dude, that is an amazing strategy. Like, I'm going to go up here. I'm going to go to school, school here. This school is really nice. <laughs> it's just, I did a campus visit. It's just like every state school. So it's nothing too special. Right, right. And I just took a bunch of philosophy, which was kind of cool, but it was um, just there. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm not, it just filled time for you. Like you were, you were going to the exercise because obviously the idea, you know, which is actually going to be my next question of like how the conversation went. Cause everybody comes to that point 
where the band, your band starts to do something, and how do you have that conversation with your parents? Like, yeah, I, okay. I'm going to be going, I'm not going to be not going to school, and I'm going to be doing this whole band thing. Like, was that, was that really tough for you? My, my first semester at Grand Valley was the one where me and Chad were in sociology. Okay. And I wasn't in the band until the end of the semester. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just biding my time. Right. But I was getting, like, A's because I had nothing else to do. It was right. the first time in however many years I haven't been in a band. Sure. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really smart if I try it. And, <laughs> like, if I apply myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was just nailing it. And then we, I joined the band in probably November. Okay. And finished that semester. We went on, like, a two-week tour that was just Midwest. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was during my Christmas break from okay. school, and really short. I came back on a Sunday night and had class the next day in right. the morning. I, lo- I love those. Yeah. <laughs> just like, God, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. That's fun. We all came back from that tour, and we thought, that was awesome. Right. Even if we're playing at house parties, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you have christmas time and new year's and all that so sure all of those shows were just like goofing off of course but it was really fun and we all had a really good time we were all a lot younger obviously and kind of a little more reckless sure and uh came home start went to school had band practice like the next weekend we're like yep school sucks like uh remember that tour we were on like a week ago that was what was that's what we want to do awesome right and so yeah we're like that's what we want to do a month later, it and it was like a week or two after my mom's birthday. I should have thought I should have timed this better. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, retrospectively, I, I had yeah. to tell her instead of like waiting it out. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I knew that my dad wouldn't really have. I mean, he cared, but not like my mom would. You know, right, right. So I I call her and tell her like, hey, uh, after this semester, we're not coming back in the ne- in the fall. And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, well, we just did that tour, and it worked really well. And so I think we're going to try that again, but bigger scale. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go to California, Mom. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, like, my whole life, we never traveled. We would go to Chicago because it's right there. Right, right, and, right. But I've never gone to the coasts. I never left the country. Sure. Um, but, yeah, we're going to go all over the place in this shitty van with people that you kind of – you met that one time. You remember they stayed in the basement? And, right. You, know. you remember those guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm sure it was a really convincing argument. And <laughs> – and she was just like, uh, at the time, they were like paying for my rent and sure. my groceries and stuff as a clause that I did well in school. Of course. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to school. And she's like, all right, you're not getting any money. You're, you're like, cut off. Tough yeah. love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, it worked out. It was, I'm glad that they did that. And right. I wasn't like, they didn't hold my hand through the whole process. There was a lot of shit that we had to do that helped us in the long run. Of course. Know? Like, it was tough for the moment, but then you were able to learn and adapt from it. Exactly. Right. And so, then that semester, I was, I was pure shit in school, too. Yeah. I was like, man, dude, it was awesome. Spacing out, I would skip class all the time. Right. Um, we were, um, I would, I had physics af- at the end of my day, after like an hour break. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here for an hour and then go to a class I already took. So I just go home. <laughs> like, peace. And yeah. that was when we were recording somewhere. Okay. And so I would just go from school straight to this guy's house where we recorded the record and uh-huh. every night just chill there of course let's do this record we didn't know what we were doing it mm-hmm. was just we have songs that exist and here they are right right and um so i knew i was definitely 
as soon as Christmas break was over. That switch was already gone in my head that school sucks. I mean, school always sucks, but right. yeah, yeah. I don't care anymore. I'm right, not like, I'm not, yeah, this isn't something that I need to slog through. Like, I got a D in a class. I got, I failed my first class ever. Wow. Like, in high school, I never got anything below a B because I thought, it's going to affect my whole life. Of course, you know? like, everything will just spiral out of control from here. Yeah. yeah. Right. I failed one of my favorite classes just because it was at nine or eight, eight or nine in the morning. I didn't want to go. <laughs> right. You're like, I'm sorry. I'm just not showing up to yeah. this. Yeah. And so. How long did it take for your mom to kind of like, w was it that one conversation? Things were cut off and then she kind she of like. She just thought I was being unrealistic. Got it. And that over the course of summer, I would realize like, hey, I'm broke and this sucks. And sure. I'm eating beans and rice and yeah. uh, I want to go back to school and have a job. Right. Like, I don't ever want to have a job. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and it's worked out that I haven't had to. Yeah. But um, does she, does it she was so... just so different for them that they didn't really know oh, what course. to do with it. Right. And my sister, who wanted to go to college for four years and graduate and have a career, mm -hmm. as you do, as most people do. Right. I'm like, man, I'm a teenager. I don't know what the hell I want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should be expected of teenagers. Sure. Does your does your mom like did a on I mean I I know like you were saying your dad obviously totally thinks it's well, amazing. When I when I had the conversation with him, mm -hmm. he's like, Well, you know I can't pay for your rent or anything anymore. I'm like, Yeah, it's part of the deal. He's like, Well your sister's going she's two years younger, so this is like I quit when she was gonna start. Okay. Goes, your sister's going to college this fall. It's gonna cost twice what it cost you to go. I guess it's all right. <laughs> and I'm like, like, yeah, I guess this balances out. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. Like, it's like, thank you, Adam. I, I appreciate see, I see that. the logic here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saving you thousands of money or thousands of dollars, man. <laughs> like, to be happy. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm giving you a gift, essentially. <laughs> so, do they? So, do they like where you're at now? Do they kind of do they understand it now and kind of accept definitely. it? Yeah, they're super proud, and it's been awesome. That's because, great. like then, they thought I was a bug up, right? And and they didn't realize, like, that I would... They, they have that image of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Of course. And That's what it's like to be in a band, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, all of, everyone in our band is a nerd, and I'm straight edge, and here's what straight edge is. I remember showing my dad the Champion Last Show DVD. Oh, and incredible. And telling him what straight edge was from yeah. that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> and then they started to, like, trust me a little bit more. Right. And... Um, they actually came out to the show that we played with Thursday when it came to Chicago. Oh, okay. And that was the first time they'd seen us not in a basement or right, whatever. Right. And there was probably, I don't know, four or 500 people there. Mm -hmm. and obviously, we were first of four. Sure. But there were people there that knew us because it's Chicago. Right. And people singing along and stuff. And it was, like, pretty powerful. My mom cried. Really? Like, this is, no, this is not a... Tight, but this is tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I understand. You're like, this like, is this is like you you were proud that they could look at something you were doing and be like, I back that. Yeah, here's a result yeah. of my weird last three years. Right. Because it's not like you were like, fuck you, mom and dad. Like I'm <laughs> doing my own shit. I hate you. You were just like, I'm I'm doing my own shit. I still love you. <laughs> yeah. But I gotta do this. And there's no report card for being in a band. So <laughs> yeah, they didn't I know can't. What I, I can't. Doing. <laughs> that's true. I can't. I can't show you something on paper like every six months. Like, you just have to take my word that like things are going cool. Like, yeah. And so that show kind of like turned it around for them. And I mean, my dad always thought it was cool. I'm, you know, playing in a rock band or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. But my mom was like, you're going to be bummed when you don't have a career and you're 25. Right, right, and right. As a worrisome mother would. 
Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, that's, that's an important point. You definitely, it's like if your mom like, oh, that's fine. Like no questions. You'd be like, really? You don't need to There's nothing? <laughs> Do you even care? <laughs> that would be a good follow-up question. Um, so that, then from there, you know, they saw, we did that tour with Alexis on Fire and Trash Talk. Right. And they saw us and were like, that was even bigger. And they've watched our band grow. Right. We just played at the Metro on that tour with Balance a couple months ago. Sure. And it was like 800 something people and we headlined. Right. And my parents think, you know, I get it. Like people. They felt it. Yeah. 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 It's, and it's awesome. That's cool. That's really cool. It's very gratifying because if I, if I was proud of myself, but my parents still thought I was a fuck up and I'm 24 now, that, that would be. It would weigh on you. Yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. Well, that's cool because that, that means like, cause there's a lot of people, especially for whatever reason, I think in punk and hardcore, it's cool to like, not like your parents. And yeah. I, I don't like. They just don't understand. Yeah, and I've just, I've never, I mean, I, I went through a similar experience with, you know, with my parents as well. Like, once I told them I was dropping out of school and all that, like, but I always had, like, I can't, like, I cared about what they thought, yeah. you know? And it wasn't like this, just like, I, like you said, I'm being reckless. And so, it's just cool. I, I like, I like when people have those close connections with their family, because it's like, that's fucking important. Like, they're going to be there when your band isn't. Like, right. <laughs> they're like, they, they, that will still need to exist far into the future as yeah. opposed to like this oh, I'm going to burn my bridge and I'm going to fucking tour and play to like 400 people <laughs> a night or whatever yeah it's like you gotta be you have to have a, a overall perspective of it otherwise you're just going to be bummed like yeah. you said you <laughs> like that'll weigh on you and you're like you didn't want that to be everyone in our band has had that like really good I have relationships even with their families as a result of it that's really everyone cool. is super supportive and yeah it's really cool that's really cool to have that like yeah th because th that that is the support system beyond just the other members of the band you know right. it's like everyone needs to have that back up in some way shape or form um <clears throat> and kind of kind of wrapping things up and uh the what i've noticed about you yourself is like you know you you moved to boston like you obviously don't live with the rest of the band right. and you know the same general area like you've always hearing you saying that you never traveled outside like you know the, vacations weren't a part of your family's yeah. life and now like you you know you just seem like a wanderer and like not in a bad way right. you're just like yo i want to see shit or i want to you know see friends or whatever the case may be do you think that that's like kind of a direct response to the fact that, like yeah i didn't see much when i was a kid i i think so um not because i want to see a million things now mm -hmm. it's because over the course of touring and doing everything i have seen all these things and then now i want to like revisit them i don't want to have them be fleeting memories of, oh, like oh you guys remember when we went to disneyland one time yeah. like hell i'll just go to disneyland if i want to you yeah know, it's yeah. right there it's not that far it's in america i don't you know. right <laughs> yeah you're like this isn't some like mythical barrier that i can't get yeah. to yeah it used to be if i couldn't drive there in a day it was too far for me to go right and now it's like i mean and with technology and having a job and like doing stuff and I can do pretty much whenever I want, and then I just do it because yeah. I can, and then thusly think that I should. Sure. Like I'm here right now in California just for the hell of it. Right, right. I was I was in San Francisco three weeks ago doing the same thing I'm doing now, and right. in two weeks I'll probably be doing the same thing in somewhere, somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Because I just want to hang out. And like, it's it's cool. I think you you hit on something really important that I, I don't think a lot of people. Um, realize like from that haven't toured or you know just like you know they see their friends bands come through and it's like touring is a very lonely existence it, yeah it's it's really cool to obviously see these people that you know you're going to see in these towns and everything but like you said i mean you're able to keep in touch with them but it's like you know they're essentially 
um, they're not as drastically, but like, you know, you sit next to a person in an airplane and it's like, say you do strike up a conversation right. and like, they are cool and like, whatever, but then they leave you and then like, you know, they kind of fall out of your life. And like, sometimes that's how people are on tour and it's like, I definitely have that. Yeah. And there, you know, so-and-so will text me, Hey, you're coming to, uh, I don't know, Florida. I don't have any answer for it. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're coming to Florida. I'm going to see you in two weeks. I'm like, that's awesome. Let's hang out. And sure. You like come to the show, and then I get the drive the next day, so I right. for four hours. Yeah, and, and at a show where it's like clearly not optimal time, no, to be like not a good. Hey, let's hang out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so now I just, if I want to see somebody, I just go. Yeah, you know? and it's rare because right now we're not on tour, so that's why I get to take. Right, you're like <laughs> I am taking the bull by the proverbial horns, yeah. and I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's that, that's uh yeah. Like I said, I think that's just an important point that people don't re- you know cause like you said that people have a certain or people have a certain perception of tour and it's yeah. like they don't realize that those connections can be lost because everyone people once you go through a town people go back to their normal lives like yeah. you you go to your tour life is like a suspended state of animation <laughs> where it's just like it's this world that exists outside of the real world yeah. And so many people just don't understand. They're just like, oh, yeah, dude, they're fucking living it up on tour. And sometimes it's like, yo, it sucks to be on tour. <laughs> like, I fucking hate it because I'm alone or whatever. Yeah, all of my friends are so spaced out. Like, I'll never have, actually, I think at Crazy Fest, at Fest, you know, yeah, like yeah. the rare occasions that all of these bands are playing. Um, all of my friends are never in the same place at the same time. Right. And, and so if I want to, it's hard to sustain those relationships when you see each other for four hours at your work, essentially. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so, yeah. that's been one of the best parts of doing, like, just traveling for the hell of it. Right. I haven't seen the guys in Touche since December, and just, you know, picked up where we left off yep. here, and just hang out all the time. Yeah. Everything's awesome. But I, after this, I probably won't see him again for a few months. Right, exactly. And it's good that I can come, and we just pick up where we left off, because I feel like that's... A true friendship like there's I totally agree I don't have to be like so you know what have I been doing for the last eight months and yeah. that we haven't spoken totally to- you you spend you spend like 10 minutes filling each other in where it's like dude this cool stuff's happened I have a girlfriend I have a boyfriend whatever the case may be it's <laughs> like you you spend that 10 minutes and then it's just right back to where you were and it's great yeah that's been the best part of doing like vacation right 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 <laughs> is that I'm here under a 